You thought Amazon had everything until everybody started buying Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer. Now there's nothing left. The supply line is empty. But that's the difference. With God, the supply line is always full. This is TGC's Word of the Week, a sermon podcast from the Gospel Coalition. Although we stopped producing new episodes of TGC Word of the Week in 2019, the coronavirus pandemic seems like a good moment to share a timely sermon with you. This sermon, Peace in the Middle of a Pandemic, was preached by TGC Council member David Platt on March the 15th, 2020. McLean Bible Church in Northern Virginia cancelled services, so this sermon was preached via live stream. The text is Matthew 6, verses 25 through 33. Listen now to David Platt on peace in the middle of a pandemic. All right, so if you have a Bible, and I hope you do, that you can, or somebody around you does, you can look on with, let me invite you to open with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Our plan today was to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in light of our Bible reading together as a church. And I want to encourage you to continue that Bible reading plan through 1 Corinthians and the Psalms, even though we're going to go in a different direction of the word during our time together today and likely next week if we're in a similar situation. So I want to talk about peace in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be part one of multiple parts over the coming weeks. So peace in the middle of a pandemic. As I was praying this week about what God is saying to us right now, I was drawn to two places in God's word. So one is Matthew 6, starting in verse 25, which we'll read in a moment. The other place, which I want to read first, is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. And I'm just going to put this one up here on the screen. So listen to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. God says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down but a good word makes him glad. And the reason this verse came to my mind is because I see so much anxiety right now. And and just like this verse says, it feels so heavy. Like we're already anxious people. Did you know that for every generation over the last century, people in the United States have been three times more likely to struggle with anxiety or depression than the succeeding generation. Basically, we are tripling our struggles with anxiety and depression with every generation. We're anxious about so many things. It's just like this verse says, anxieties weigh us down. I've talked before about hiking in the Himalayas. So based on this verse, I kind of picture a pack that I have that I take when I go hiking and I picture anxieties in light of Proverbs 12, 25, like putting a weight in a pack. So I think about children and teenagers, like from early in life, we worry, we are anxious about what other people think about us. And as much as we'd like to think that goes away, the reality is it's hidden pretty deep within us and affects what we do in many ways throughout our lives. What do people think about us? Just a constant anxiety about that. Or as students, we start to think through, well, am I going to get into this school? Or, so we kind of put that in a pack. Or once we get into a school, am I going to get this job? 
So we take that, put it in a pack. Then we start to think, okay, am I gonna get married? And we're anxious about if we're gonna get married or who we might get married to. Then there comes anxiety about whether or not we are going to stay married and how marriage is going to go. In marriage, maybe we start getting anxious about whether or not we're going to have children. So that's another whole level of anxiety. And then when we have children, well, we start getting anxious about how those kids are going to turn out. And so we start putting some anxiety there. We haven't even gotten to anxiety about our finances and how we're gonna pay the bills, put that in here, or anxiety about our future and what the next year holds, next two years, next three years hold. And anxiety like this can turn into like a string of worries, of what ifs that we start thinking through in our mind as we start going down a road. Just think of an example, like we start thinking, okay, what if I don't have extra money to get my kids braces? Okay, well that's some anxiety because I know braces cost a lot of money. Well, if I don't have that extra money, well then what, what's gonna happen if my kids have crooked teeth? Well, that's some extra anxiety. And then we start thinking, well, if my kids have crooked teeth, maybe that's gonna keep them from getting a job or getting married, so there's some extra anxiety. Or then maybe if that is true and they can't get a job or can't get married, then that means they're gonna live with me like the rest of their lives because I wasn't able to get them braces. Like, so all of a sudden, things just start piling on and we have a pretty full pack. And I've just mentioned general things, not even getting into the specific things in each of our lives that we get concerned about. So we're already anxious, like our pack is full. And then along comes a pandemic, right? The worldwide spread of a new disease. So our packs are already full. Now we're gonna take a whole nother bag and fill it full with all the anxieties that come with a pandemic. So let's think through, okay, money-wise. What is what is our financial situation going to look like? What is our economy going to look like? So let's throw this in the pandemic bag. What about school? When it comes to books, are we going to be able to finish our education? What does that look like? What about work? How is this going to play out at my work? So we put that in the bag. Or what about our health? Will I have enough medicine? So let's put that in the bag. Will I have enough food and essential resources that I need? And then maybe... What seems to be the most pressing question, will I have enough toilet paper? So let's put that in the bag. So now we have a global pandemic. Our bag is already full. So now we're gonna load on some more and we're just gonna stuff that in here. And this is gonna become the picture of our lives right now. In light of Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, we have a picture of you and me and our lives, our families, weighed down with anxieties on so many different levels. Like, this is the picture of us. Do you, do you feel like this sometimes? 
Maybe do you feel like this, like right now? I think many of us do. Like I, I look around people's faces and having conversations with people and there's just a heaviness with all kinds of things in life and then you add a global pandemic on top of that. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. And this is why this verse came to my mind this week. Because I'm looking out online across our city, I know at a host of different people carrying a host of different weights. And I want to give you a good word that makes you glad. Now, the last thing you need for me is for me to come up with what I think is a good word on my own. You have pretty, plenty of sources of words from people during these days in the middle of this pandemic. Instead, I wanna give you a good word that comes straight from the mouth of Jesus, straight from the mouth of God in the flesh. I just wanna read Matthew chapter six, verse 25 to 33 over you. And I wanna encourage you in seven simple ways. We're gonna fly through these, but I hope you will soak them in all week long, and really, as long as this pandemic lasts, that you will soak in these realities. So let's hear a word from Jesus himself. Matthew chapter six, verse 25, Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Three times, did you notice that? Jesus says three times. Verse 25, do not be anxious. Verse 31, therefore, do not be anxious. And then verse 34, therefore, do not be anxious. Apparently, Jesus desires for you and me to be totally free from anxiety in this world. Now, here's the deal. As soon as I say that, I need to define that, like to define anxiety, because it's not an easy word to define. So a dictionary definition of anxiety would be a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about either an imminent event or an uncertain outcome. 
But then the American Psychological Association defines anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. So that then leads into anxiety disorders characterized by, quote, states of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, oftentimes with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. So signs of anxiety include irritability, anger, sweating, unusual mood swings, rapid heartbeat, chest pain, exhaustion, nervous twitching, decreased concentration and memory, nausea, shortness of breath, hair loss, weight gain or loss, panic, indecisiveness, muscle, muscle tension, insomnia, high blood pressure, on and on. And I'm assuming that many people are familiar with some of these signs and more to varying degrees. So you put all this together and it can give you a, a bit of anxiety trying to define anxiety. The reason this is important is because we need to be careful not to read our definitions of anxiety into the biblical use of this word. For example, someone may have clinical anxiety, like a medical condition that includes some of the side effects I just mentioned. And if that's what you're thinking when you hear Jesus say to his disciples, do not be anxious, like command them not to do that, then you might start thinking, is my medical condition a sin? When the reality is, as best as we can tell, Jesus isn't referring here to a medical condition. Or then to make things even a little more complicated, there's other places in the Bible where anxiety is talked about as a good thing. Like Paul in Philippians 2 and 2 Corinthians 11, he talks about his anxiety for the churches that he cares so much about. And the picture here is a good, genuine concern for people. So then what does Jesus mean when he says, do not be anxious? What does anxiety mean here? And here's my best attempt to define it biblically. Anxiety, and I'll, I'll mention that anxiety and Worry are oftentimes used interchangeably in the Bible. So anxiety or worry, according to scripture, is carrying concerns in this world in such a way that we lose perspective on life and or lack trust in God. So anxiety is carrying concerns, much like Proverbs 12, 25 talks about, anxiety weighing you down like a pack but like we talked about with Paul, merely having concerns in this world is not a bad thing. It's right to be concerned for other people, even for certain things for ourselves. The problem is when we carry concerns in such a way that we lose perspective on life and or lack trust in God. And this is what Jesus desires to free us from in Matthew 6. And as I put this definition up here, I trust you realize this is exactly the kind of anxiety we are tempted with right now. We are tempted to, well, walk through everyday life with anxiety like this, and then all the more so when a virus is spreading around the world, we are tempted to lose perspective and or to lack trust in God. So what does Jesus say in a world filled with so much anxiety that weighs us down, hear the word of God. Jesus says, one, your life is about more than anything this world offers you. Your life is about more than anything this world offers you. It's so interesting what Jesus says here. Do not be anxious about your life. Then he says what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on or wear. So you just think about those three things Jesus mentions there. 
food, drink, and clothes. And those are pretty basic needs, right? Like if you're going to worry about anything, it seems like these would be at the top of the list. These aren't frivolous things. Jesus isn't saying, don't be anxious about what kind of car you drive or how many Instagram followers you have. Jesus is saying, don't be anxious about water or food, clothes, like basic needs. So why not worry about them? Because your life is more than food. The body more than clothing. So your life is about more than what you eat or what you drink or what you wear. And when you realize that, you realize now you can put anything this world offers you in this sentence. Think about so many different things that you and I are tempted to worry about and just put them in the blank. Your life is about more than what others think of you. Your life is about more than what school you get into. Your life is about more than what job you have. Your life is about more than how much money you make. Your life is about more than whether you marry or have kids. Or to speak directly into this pandemic, your life is definitely more about more than what happens in the government or the sports world. Your life is about so much more than what happens at your school. Your life is about so much more than what happens at your work. And ultimately, your life is about so much more than what happens with your health. Anxiety is carrying concerns about these things in this world in ways that lose perspective on what your life is ultimately about. Which leads to the question then, what is my life about? And verse 26 says, your life, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So apparently your life is about more than anything this world offers you because your life, number two here, is about trusting the God who eternally values you. Look at the birds, Jesus says. Like who knew the antidote to anxiety was bird watching? How do you have peace in the middle of a pandemic? Jesus says, behold the birds. There are no worried birds right now. No bird is frantically watching Fox News or CNN right now. No bird is reading the latest articles online. No bird is worried about what's coming next. Why not? Because the birds know that God will provide for them. And if they know that, Jesus says, you can know that. Because you are more valuable to God than birds. You are God's prized creation. You are eternally valuable to God. So if you're joining us today and you're, you're not a follower of Jesus right now, maybe you're joining with friends, neighbors, family members, or just exploring Christianity on your own, let me pause here and give you just a big picture storyline of the Bible. So we are all created by God, loved by God, yet we have all sinned against God. We've all turned aside from God's ways to our own ways. And as a result, we are separated from God. And the effects of sin in our world are all around us, including things like natural disasters, sickness, and 
pandemics in the world. But the good news of the Bible is that God loves us and has not left us alone in our separation from him. God has come to us in the person of Jesus. And Jesus has lived among us the life none of us could ever live, a life with no sin. And then, even though he had no sin to pay any judgment for, to endure any justice for, he chose to die on a cross to pay the price for your sin and my sin against God. Jesus died for our sin. And then three days later, he rose from the grave in victory over sin. So that anyone, anywhere in the world who turns from their sin and puts their trust in Jesus will be forgiven of all their sin and restored to relationship with God for all of eternity. This is John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. So now, bring that to bear here in Matthew chapter six and verse 28. Jesus starts talking about flowers, how well, they're dre- how well they're dressed. And then in verse 30, he says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Like grass, flowers that last for a day and God clothes them in beauty. The contrast is how much more? They just last for a little bit of time. You're gonna last forever. So put this in perspective. Jesus is saying, look at the lilies and the grass and how they're clothed. So why are you worried about what to wear when God is going to dress you in eternal glory? Why are you worried about your paycheck when God is going to give you the whole earth as your inheritance? Why are you worried about your position at work when you're gonna reign in God's kingdom forever? Why are you worried about your health when God himself has guaranteed you eternal life? Your life is about so much more than all these things that are weighing you down. Your life is about trusting the God who eternally values you. And that totally changes your perspective. Which then leads Jesus to say, so reality number three, anxiety is extremely unhelpful. Jesus says in verse 27, it's pointless. Which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Worrying doesn't make things better. It only makes things worse. It is completely counterproductive. Like life is challenging enough as it is. Why weigh yourself down with worry on top of everything else? Jesus says, avoid anxiety because it's extremely unhelpful. And reality number four, anxiety is exclusively for unbelievers. In verse 31, he says, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Basically, Jesus is saying here, worrying is what the world does. It's not what God's people do. Like If I could try to apply these words from Jesus to our situation right now, it's like Jesus is saying, listen, If you don't know that God's in control right now, and you don't know God as your father who values you as his child, if you don't know these realities, then you have a lot of reason to be worried right now in the world. If you don't know God as your father, you have a lot of reason to be anxious. But if you do know the God who is in control 
If you know his goodness and his greatness and his wisdom and his mercy, and you not only know about him, but you actually know him as your father in heaven, like a relationship with God as dad, and you know that he values you as his child, if you know this, then you have no reason to be worried. Right now or at any time, like anxiety is for unbelievers in this sense, not for believers. Maybe another way to put that, anxiety, as we've defined it here, anxiety is a sign of unbelief in God, not of belief in God. It's for unbelievers. But Jesus is saying, you believe that. So reality number five, God, your heavenly Father, knows all that you need. This is word for word what Jesus is saying. Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He knows it all. Jesus is saying, God knows every single thing each one of us needs right now, better than even we know. Can I say that one more time? Listen closely, Christian, to all who know God as Father through Jesus. God knows everything you need better than even you know what you need. God is not up in heaven looking down on you saying, I wonder what he needs. I wonder what she needs. God is in heaven saying, I know exactly what you need better than you know yourself. So Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all of them will be, it's a promise, added to you. So yes, not only does God Our Heavenly Father know all that we need, but God, your Heavenly Father, will supply all that you need. All these things will be added to you. How's that for a promise from God, from the one who possesses everything? And we're not talking Amazon here. You thought Amazon had everything until everybody started buying Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer. Now there's nothing left. The supply line is empty. But that's the difference. With God, the supply line is always full. You don't have to worry about God, your heavenly father, running out of strength when you are weak. He never runs out of courage when you are afraid. He never runs out of hope when you are hurting. And ultimately, he will not run out of life when you are dying. At every moment for all of eternity, your heavenly father will supply all that you need which leads to the seventh final reality then. God guarantees you mercy today for trouble today and mercy tomorrow for trouble tomorrow. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Like these words from Jesus are life changing if we will grasp them and live in them. And this is so important, especially in these days. Uh, Let me put it this way. Who among us knows what the news is going to say tomorrow? What this situation is going to look like tomorrow? None of us does. No one in the world does. Which leads many then to anxiety, especially if we think things might get worse. Because we're already weighed down today. And we start thinking, I just, I can't take anything more tomorrow. But that's just it. Because the mercies God gives today are not designed to carry the burdens that may come tomorrow. God's mercies today 
are designed to carry today's troubles. And when tomorrow comes, if new trouble comes, new mercy will come with it that is guaranteed by God. Think about it this way. At numerous times over the last year and this adoption process that our family has been in, Heather's looked at me at the end of a long, hard day and said, can we handle a fifth child? And I've looked back at her and said, no, we can't. Not today. I said, you know why? Because we don't have five kids today. And we have four kids today. And God has given us mercy today for four kids. Now, when we bring our fifth child into our home, which we pray every day will be soon, we are banking on the fact that extra mercy is coming. Why? Because God has guaranteed it. I don't know what tomorrow holds in my life or in your life or in the world, but I do know this. Tomorrow's mercy from God will be sufficient for tomorrow's trouble in this world which means you and I have no reason to worry for a second about what tomorrow holds. When we get there, new mercy will be waiting for us. And that guarantee frees us from anxiety. Like That's the point of what Jesus is saying. So let me bring this to a head. Like I am looking online right now to a host of people weighed down with anxieties in this world amidst a pandemic in this world. And I have a good word to make you glad. Jesus will free you from anxiety. He'll free you from the weight of worry. Jesus will free you from the fear of the future. Jesus will give you total peace in the middle of a pandemic if you will trust in him, if you will cast your anxieties on him. I want to invite Todd Peters uh, to join me up here, our campus pastor from Prince William who was doing some cake earlier. Todd, uh, many of you know, is a former Navy SEAL, instructor of Navy SEALs. And if I was hiking through the Himalayas and I could choose only one person to be with me, there is no question in my mind who I would choose. Todd Peters. No offense to Heather, but I'm not looking for romance at that point. I'm looking for survival. And to be honest, this pack has been pretty heavy. It's the first time ever I've preached with a pack on. Uh, since I filled it up and put it on my back, and I, I imagine if I was hiking through the Himalayas, I imagine it'd feel pretty heavy there. And that's kind of the point. Like life is not easy as it is. These days we are in, I don't want to presume they're easy. They're not easy. But life's a lot harder. And these days are a lot harder if we're weighed down with anxiety in the middle of them. But this is the good word I have for you today. Like there is someone who will take them from you. So I'm going to let Todd here represent Jesus, who has clearly said, do not be anxious. You don't have to carry any of that. In a world of unknowns, cast all your anxieties on me, because I 
care for you. Like, that's the picture I want you to have. Like, and, and not like do this, and this is a daily battle because tomorrow you'll want to take them back. The next day and the next day, like don't do it. Like, this is the easiest way to trek to the Himalayas without a pack on my back. I would submit the wisest way to trek through life. Well, actually there are easier ways to trek through the Himalayas uh, than just giving a pack with a guy like Todd. So here we go. Whoa. <laughs> so, okay, I think that's, that gets the point across. All right, thanks, man. <laughs> That'd be a whole other way to hike through the Himalayas. And that's the picture I want you to receive more than anything else. Not just here's, here's anxieties that you can give to Jesus, but your life like your life, how do you have peace in the middle of a pandemic? How do you have faith over fear and unknown future? Here's how, you trust Jesus with your life. And the, the beauty is, so that was definitely not social distancing uh, on so many different levels. Um, and, and yeah, I guess in a serious sense, there's some risk involved and that's kind of the whole picture we're in right now, but that's the, beauty of what Jesus has done, like he comes to you, he takes all of you upon himself and he says, I will carry you. I will take responsibility personally for providing for you. And I just want to encourage you to trust in him and let him not just give you peace, let him be your peace in the middle of this pandemic. So will you bow your heads with me? I just want to invite you to bow your heads right where you're sitting, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just kind of pause for a minute. I just want to ask you a question. Like, do you know Jesus as your peace? Do you know God is your heavenly father because you have put your faith in Jesus. Because you trust in Jesus. And if the answer to that question is not a resounding yes in your heart, then I want to invite you today to put your faith in Jesus. Just right where you're sitting, I invite you just to pray to God and to say, dear God, I know that I have sinned against you that I am separated from you by my sin. But today I am saying to you, I need you to save me from my sin. I need you to bring me back into relationship with you. Today I believe that Jesus died on a cross for my sin. And he rose from the dead in victory over sin and sickness and death and Today I trust him as my life, as my joy, as my peace. And when you put your faith in Jesus in this way, God declares you forgiven of your sin. God declares you his child. And God declares you free from the anxieties of this world. Oh God, I pray for people right now who are trusting in you. God, I pray that they would know, feel, 
realize your peace for the first time today, to know they have peace with you and that you have taken responsibility for provision of our every need. God, I, I pray that those who are trusting in you today, God, would share that, have courage to share that with someone, either with us online or with friends or family members that they know, other, someone else who's a follower of Christ, that they might grow in this peace in a way that, oh God, we pray for all of our lives for each one of us when we are tempted to pick up that pack with all kinds of weights. God, help us to put it back down. Help us to jump, in a sense, into your arms and to let you carry us. We are so glad that you carry us. And so we say, help us not to be anxious. Help us to trust in you in all these ways. You are our Savior, our provider, our God, our King, our Lord, the promise keeper, miracle worker who provides for everything we need. And we worship you, our peace in the middle of a pandemic. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to TGC's Word of the Week. We also invite you to visit the resources section of our website, thegospelcoalition.org, to find thousands of sermons to help you understand and apply God's Word.